Hi, everybody. We are the Business of Access and O's podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Liz. And so for this week, we're looking at an article done by Sports Illustrated called College Football First Coronavirus. So what this article was, a little brief summary of what the article was, Sports Illustrated went and they interviewed a lot of athletic administrators, both current and past, and to, to get their idea of what a college sports landscape could look like post-coronavirus and to see what kind of contingency plans they're putting in place. So without further ado, let's get started. So the first thing that we really wanted to discuss was kind of like the the total of what we're looking at and like the severity of the situation. So there's a lot of good quotes in this, but the one, the first one that really stood out to me, and I think was you said the same thing that was from the NC State athletic director, Boo Kurgan, who said, who had his dad was the commissioner of the NCAA. He was the commissioner of the ACC. He was, he was the university athletic director of Virginia during the Vietnam War. So he's seen all of these things. But he said, my dad never had to deal with what I had to deal with now. And, and he's never dealt with pandemic. So I think if we start there, what did you think about that quote and the severity of that? I think that's so scary, but it's true. Like nothing like this has ever happened. So how do we expect anyone to know what to do? And to keep our athletic departments afloat. Like, how will they know? They've never been through it. Exactly, and I think they're trying. So as, as the article goes on, you can see that more and more of these athletic departments are coming up with almost doomsday uh, projections to try to figure out what they, what a college football or landscape would look like. I mean, there's a strong possibility, and another quote that was just absolutely insane to me was, uh, Later on, he said it, uh, the National College Football Players Association president said, it's extremely hard to imagine any football in the fall on any level. So what are your impressions of that? Because to me, that sounds like worst case scenario. But I also think that I have to plan like that. Like there can't be football in the fall. Like kids are all home. And like you mentioned before to be Scott, like are they at home eating the food they're supposed to be eating or are they pigging out eating what college kids eat? Like they're exactly. they're not gonna be ready for this. And that was another thing that get they go into and this is if we are going to rush back to play football when we're supposed to be scheduled at the end of August, beginning of September, we have to think about how much time do these players really need to get back into shape, uh, to you know get back on their nutrition and get back in to learn the playbook even. I mean, all of these things are up in the air. Uh, as we both know from taking classes online, the learning environment is completely different. And I can only imagine what these players are going through is the same way. I mean, they don't have access to the same weight rooms, the same nutritionists, the same foods, the same facilities, they have none of it. So then uh, I think Nick Saban was the one quoted as saying, I need six weeks at the minimum to get my players ready for the season. So do you think that six weeks is a reasonable amount of time? Do you think that they need more? Or do you think they'll be able to push it with even less? What do you think about that? I think definitely not less. Six is, it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. But like if all the universities are doing it that way, I guess anything to keep college football afloat, because they need it at the end of the day, that's their cash cow. They need college football. So Six weeks could be okay, but it's they're missing months and months of practice time and weightlifting and so much. And they're missing their entire summer training program.
their eight-week summer training program, which we is considered voluntary, but we both know is absolutely mandatory if you want to be on the team and be an active member of the team, they're missing that as well. So it, it brings up so many points of player health and safety, not even related to the coronavirus. Are their bodies going to be ready to play a season with, with minimal practice, minimal training, and minimal uh, – I mean, it's scary to think of that we could put our players out there and, and they're not be safe. So I don't, and again, you brought up a good point before we started about if players aren't, if players are going to go back to campus and start practicing while students are taking all online classes, that makes no sense. Right. Like people are mentioning, oh, just have the, the football players go to campus. But how can we expect that when we're not even having summer classes on campus? They're all online. So you can't have football players in that environment, even if they're like quarantined together. You can't do that if you're not putting students into the classroom because at the end of the day, it's a college for learning, not for sports. Exactly. And I think if you look how big, especially football, I mean, especially football, uh, the size of the player, I mean, there's 120 players on the roster. And then you add in another 75, 80 staff members. I mean, you're, you're talking about putting almost 200 people in a situation where they're going to be confined to one area. They're going to be, expo- I mean, they're all home right now, all exposed to different things. And then coming back, even with a two week quarantine, before any activity going on, it does scare me the idea of spreading this virus even more in the name of just rushing the football season back. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's realistic right now. So I think it's good universities and athletic departments are planning for what can we do, worst case scenario. So I think a lot of them are planning to start the season later on, like maybe in this, keep it going to like February. Like, I think they're going to have to do it that way. Absolutely. And this is another quote that really stood out to me was a former Food and Drug Administration Commissioner, Scott Goblet, not sure if I pronounced that correctly, predicted that the U.S. economy will be 80 percent of itself until the efforts of creating a vaccine are successful. But then what he said was even more more interesting. He said people are not going to be crowded into uh, crowd into conferences they're not going there's not going to be people in the arenas um we just need to accept that that we are not going to be witnessing live sports with with fans involved for the foreseeable future and that brings up another point so when football does start again are we going to expect the crowd to come out to the games so are how are they going to make their money back exactly i mean they're looking at a loss of revenue of not only uh the ticket sales, parking, concessions, jersey sales. They're also looking at maybe donations being taken off the table. And that was another really good thing the article goes into. It says, what are football, what are athletic departments doing about people who made sizable donations to the programs? But, I mean, now they, they may have lost 60 70% of their life savings in the course of two months. Are they still going to hold these people accountable for these donations that these promises they made? Are they going to give them back and risk having rev- potential revenue that they need to survive taken off the table? I don't, what do you think about that? They can't expect it. Like, and that's the major major problem. This is our major revenue producing categories. So without this, how are the how are the athletic departments going to stay afloat? Because football is their main their main like money maker. Like, what are they going to do? Exactly, and it's, it's terrifying to think about, but we're, we're moving towards a situation where, A, there's no football, there's no college football on, and then, B, 
I, I mean, people, the, the revenue that college football brings in props up all of these Olympic sports for these athletic departments. So we're looking at a world where not only are we not playing football, but now we're having, I mean, potentially 5, 10, 15 different sports cut out all completely because they don't have funding. And, and now we're getting into Title Nine, and this is it just opens up so many different avenues. Yeah, and if they lose those sports, that's going to be more enrollment going down because a lot of students are going to a certain university because it offers their sport. So now if we're not offering that sport, enrollment's dropping, admissions is dropping. So we're losing so much money. At Olympic sports, most of them work on partial scholarships too. So now you're now you're potentially taking away scholarships from not just the, the not just you know a certain group of people you're you're talking about you're taking scholarships from the entire everyone playing that sport so it, it, it just becomes one rabbit hole after another if administ- if if admissions goes down then revenue for the university goes down and the amount of money that the university can give athletic departments go down and it's just a, and then they have to cut more programs and the cycle continues until the whole thing almost collapses and they have to, an NCA requirement is they have to sponsor a minimum of 14 sports. So what happens when they can't do that anymore? I think the one quote that really stood out to me about how dedicated they really are to making sure this football season goes on and how much they have riding on it is one of the group of five athletic directors was quoted as saying, if they have to start football in a blizzard in January, they're going to do it. What did you think about that? I think it shows you how much they count on football to get their revenue for the rest of their sports. So I think it's it's good. It's dedication. It shows you what they need. But I think it really might come to that. I think that's what we're going to be seeing. Now, my question is, since we go to a group of five school and not a power five school, I wanted to get your opinion on the differences that power five schools are going through during this time compared to what a group of five school is. So for example, LSU, whose athletic department is one of the most profitable in the country. Uh, they're handling this differently than say, for example, Temple university, who's we only have one and maybe two sports at most that bring in revenue. Now, do you think we're going to be impacted more or less by all this going on? It's hard to say because we also don't count on all that revenue coming in. So like, we're not, it's not like a major hit, but it's also hard at the same time with like, I mean, and we don't have ticket sales too. Like all students, all students just got a free ticket. So this, it is a really hard, I think maybe they'll be impacted more than us. Yeah, exactly. I think these power five schools who have these massive TV deals and uh, big 80,000 people stadiums that sell out every single game, I think they're potentially more at risk than, say, the Temples, the Tulanes, you know, those group of five schools who, of course, everyone is going to be impacted by this, but... Like you said, Temple doesn't rely heavily on ticket sales. We don't rely heavily on donations as much as other universities do that have these big football and basketball programs. So I think, of course, everyone is going to be affected by this. But I do see a world where Power 5 universities are much more exposed than we are. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And so for the last thing that we kind of wanted to go into was kind of the Title IX implications of all this. Now, we got into it a little bit, talking about how universities may have to cut back programs. But as we both know, Title IX is, restricts a lot of this. 
So if you're looking at a situation where you need to cut these Olympic sports as an athletic director to survive, to keep your department afloat, but you're running into all different types of regulations and uh, backlash from players as well. So what do you think? Do you have any ideas of how this might affect how Title IX might come into play in all this? Yeah, because how are they going to decide between which sports to cut and if they're cutting a girl sport or a boy sport or if they're keeping a men's sport, but they want to get rid of the women's? There's going to be major issues with this. Exactly. And especially, and uh, as we both know, the two major uh, revenue generating sports is men's football, men's basketball. Now, I'm not saying that all, all women's sports are unprofitable. I would never say that. But I'm saying that you're looking at a situation where more women's sports are unprofitable than men's sports. and then But to cut those is to be in a violation of Title IX. So it's, it's, it's a very delicate situation, which has so many moving parts that honestly, it's just, it's almost too much to even imagine at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. And like the article mentioned too, they ha- they had so much extra revenue all these years, but just handed out to other things like raising yeah. coaching salaries when they should have been saving this money in case a disaster like this ever happened. One of the quotes that was good too was an ex-coach said that the facility boom is officially over. I think you'll you'll never see these uh, football teams and these athletic departments building these fancy new facilities and stadiums. I think that is a, that is in the past. I don't think you'll ever see them. I think more and more universities are going to put more and more money away, save cash so they can for situations like this. And I mean, it's the same thing that you see with corporations, not just sports organizations. I mean, a lot of them were spending all the revenue they were making to expand their business and had very little cash on hand. So when something like this happens, I mean, it devastates everyone. Yeah. I, th- I think this is just going to be really interesting to watch in the future and see what they come up with and what they actually do. I would agree. I mean, we'll have to play it by a week. I mean, things are changing by a week, but it's looking very grim for college football. I'll say that much. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Scott. And I'm Liz. Thank you very much.